Welcome to Murderous Mermaids with Martinis, a podcast discussing all things horror. I'm Rebecca. And I'm Angie. And uh, spoiler alert. Most of the titles we'll be discussing are relatively well known, but just in case you haven't seen any of the films or television shows that we'll be discussing, we're going to make sure we put uh, the titles in all of our episodes so that you have been forewarned. You have been forewarned. <laughs> I'm super excited for this uh, upcoming podcast episode because we're talking about music videos. One of my favorite things to watch, no matter what genre. Yeah, they are fun and um, harder and harder to find, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Dying video art form. But uh, we did make a discovery that we are very excited about. We found the origins of the phrase moves like Jagger. And if it's not the official origins, it needs to be the official origins of the phrase moves like Jagger. Someone needs to interview Christina Aguilera and find out if this is indeed true. (laughs) Uh, So we'll be talking about Uh, Michael Jackson's Thriller, uh, which is a music video so tied to the horror genre, we have to talk about it. We talk about my new personal favorite, uh, Too Much Blood by the Rolling Stones, where you too can learn the moves like Jagger. And then uh, three, we'll be talking about Backstreet Boys, everybody. Everybody. All right. All right. So I'm pretty excited that we'll be talking about music videos in this uh, podcast episode and start with the gold standard for horror music videos, Michael Jackson's Thriller. That is the best. And also um, the fact that Vincent Price, the king of B-horror films, is involved in this is pretty amazing. And it makes it even better. Even better. What's one of the things about this music video that you like so much? It's fun and campy, and there's dancing zombies. I mean, what could go wrong with that? Yeah, everyone should like dancing zombies. I know you mentioned at one point the the amount of work that went into it, the choreography of this is amazing. It is, and this is one of the music videos that I think I appreciate more and more as time goes on, especially since I feel like music videos are kind of a disappearing art form where if you know, you're a really big fan of a particular artist, maybe you'll, you know, put in the extra energy to go find one and watch it online. Um, but Michael Jackson's thriller, the choreography is really well done, really complicated, and it's amazing how everyone who's in this video is like their choreography is so on point. I don't think there's any mistakes. I don't think there are either. I've, I've actually paused it at certain points to see if everyone's in the same pose. They're in the same pose. I can't believe you paused it just to check that. Well, <laughs> I can. I can, <laughs> I can believe it, actually. <laughs> in some ways, it's kind of sad and depressing that so-called zombies are better dancers than me. But you know, maybe it's one of the benefits of being among the undead. Maybe. Stellar yeah. dance moves. We'll never, well, we won't know for hopefully a long, long time. <laughs> Yeah, true. So um, at the beginning of the video, did you notice the posters outside of the 
movie theater where Michael Jackson and his date are leaving. Yes. Um, there's a couple of Vincent Price ones, including House of Wax, which might be one of my, my favorite uh, Vincent Price films. Um, and they're, I, know, I think they, they, they work really well with sort of setting the tone for, for the video. And um, I don't know, I feel like this is a, a music video not only where there's really well done choreography, really well done creature effects, um, obvious homage to uh, sort of like the, the classic horror genre, but it's also like, you know, deep for a music video with the meta commentary on like playing sort of like, like I guess like winking at the genre and uh, drawing our attention to like actual artifacts from horror film history. Yeah, and I just thinking about the effects, I mean, the practical effects that they used for Michael Jackson, the the contacts and the hair growth and just the whole metamorphosis from him to the Wolfman, I guess you would call him. <laughs> yeah, he definitely looks like the Wolfman. Uh, in the, are you talking about like the movie that they're supposedly watching at the beginning? Yeah. Yeah, it's like he has like the varsity letter jacket and looks very nineteen fifties. Yeah, the um, the practical effects that they did for that are are pretty amazing, and even. If those were used in today's films and videos, I think they would still be work just as well, even better maybe than some of the CGI that we have now. I agree, and this must have been a pretty big budget music video. Well, it was, I think, considered more like a short film versus a, a music video. Just um, with the title and the credits at the end, it's set up more like a film than actually a video. That's a good point. So I think this is one of those music videos that's like elevating the art of the music video and um, putting it on par with other cinematic um, products. Yeah. And let's just talk about the horror that takes place in the video. So the meta commentary you talked about a little bit where Michael and his date are watching basically themselves on the screen (laughs) in the 1950s version where he turns into this animal. And then Michael spends a bit of time playfully taunting his date and, and almost like, you know, making fun of her for being scared and even transform. So he gets to be a wolfman and a zombie. He does. He does a lot of transformations and it's all in almost all in good fun like when he's playfully like dancing around her and teasing her and you know they're out to get you and um, I don't know it's it's um, it's horrifying visually in some ways but also very playful and fun I agree and I think that's one of the things where the the visualization in the video matches the song lyrics because a lot of the the verses are about I guess what we would think of as like the plots of like B horror movies and uh later in the song um there's this suggestion that like watching scary movies with your date is a fun thing to do because you have to cuddle up and so I think the the way that uh his date is portrayed throughout the video uh helps with that um sort of B narrative of the song itself mm-hmm. yeah and it's very um interesting that he Michael Jackson himself always comes across as this you know nice timid sweet um individual and then he has this um animalistic instinct inside of him where he becomes this wolf man and he's even like trying to warn his date like there's something about me that you should know and like I'm not all I appear to be and I I just think that's interesting 
to have that in this, especially in retrospect of Michael Jackson, the man himself, mm-hmm. that he's always had this dichotomy about him. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Um, I also feel like this particular music video has helped cement Thriller as what I always think of in my mind as the unofficial anthem for Halloween. Yeah. Yeah, and part of that is because of Vincent Price's eerie rap in the middle. And just for clarification, rap is the language used in the credits of the music video. Yes. Maybe not a fully accurate description of the the genre that Vincent Price himself is using in the song. But I think that um, that little stint that he does in the song really, it, it's what makes the song, really. I mean, growing up, I always remembered those words. I always remembered that little um, piece of that song, and it, it, you wait for it, and you, it's just... Um, it elicits all of the feelings of being a child at Halloween and everything's creepy and you should be scared and they're gonna you know they're gonna get you and ooh they're gonna terrorize the neighborhood and um, as a little kid dressed up as you know a zombie or um, some other kind of monster you're the one that's like yeah I'm gonna go out and terrorize the neighborhood it's me (laughs) that's so funny maybe because as a kid when I would trick-or-treat I never dressed up as a zombie or a wolf woman <laughs> or any of the, the the horror creatures in in this particular video but I still think has a really strong tie today for for Halloween it does it gets played at any Halloween party that you go to this has to be part of the night right and if they haven't played it they have failed you at this Halloween party why didn't you dress up as a zombie or a wolf woman um I don't know. I think because I had to like go with what was in my closet and what I could borrow from cousins. Remember, I went as a witch one year. I went as a cheerleader maybe a couple years because that's something I could borrow accessories from older cousins for. I was never actually a cheerleader, though, so it was truly a costume. <laughs> I guess it's frightening in a different way. <laughs> um, I guess it depends on who you ask. <laughs> but... In the video, do you think the zombies are actually scary? Like, if you were a small child watching this video, what do you think? Do you think they're intended to be scary? Do you think they're intended to be campy and fun? A combination? You know, I think it's campy and fun. Um, I did see this music video as a kid, and it didn't really, like, stand out to me as frightening me. Um, I enjoyed it um and I think in watching it as an adult I mean they're they definitely have some pretty creepy special effects and I can see where maybe if it's a genre that you're not used to watching when you're young and you see it it might be uh frightening but I feel like because of the upbeatness of the song um and I think the dancing that plays a big role in this anything that could be potentially frightening about it I think is mellowed out so to speak because it's such a fun song yeah and at the end um, I don't know if you remember but the zombies are kind of um, goofing off almost like little bloopers or like they're playfully interacting with each oh, other yeah, like in the credit scenes yeah yeah, yeah. It, and I, yeah that also helps with the tone too right yeah I um, was kind of wondering about like nothing ever happens to the girl in the video but there's the 
at the end there's this cliffhanger almost if you will yeah. like you know is she safe is she not safe like it's got that at the end you're like what's gonna happen next Mm-hmm. Which I, I love because I feel like that's a really good way that the music video is playing into the idea of um, the horror film genre, especially since this came out in the 1980s, uh, a decade where like, we have like the horror franchises where you're kind of reliant on the formula of the film ending without real closure so you can have like Freddy or Jason come back in the next installment of whatever uh, franchise you may be watching. So I feel like by leaving it open-ended like that, it's very aware of what the genre conventions are for horror, particularly in the 80s. And I think it also makes it a more memorable music video. And visually, I think that other films borrowed from Thriller. I don't know if you ever saw Chud. I think it's slightly after the Thriller music video. And there's, um, if you look at the front cover of the movie, there's a um, creature coming from the underground through a manhole. And it almost identically matches one of the scenes from Thriller where there's a creature coming from a manhole in Thriller. It looks virtually identical. Um, Yeah, I haven't seen Chud. But yeah, I do think the the way the video ends has been pretty iconic and even other music videos um, play with that idea and borrow it. Even Britney Spears uh, in her I Wanna Go uh, music video plays with that idea a little bit, um, even though I, th- I think it's more of like demon possession as opposed to uh, is anyone in this uh, video like a member of the undead, so to speak. But it's it's in that vein of... Um, having that open ending that, you know, is there something dangerous that could happen? I don't know. Stay tuned. Yeah. What do you think about the disclaimer at the, at the very beginning of the video about the occult? Yeah, I think that's interesting in sort of thinking about uh, Michael Jackson, the person. Um, I think I had read somewhere that he was from a very... A religious family and so I think for him it was personally important to make the clarification that even though he's having fun with the horror genre it doesn't mean that he uh, believes in these types of creatures that might be protested by family groups at the time period as being I guess satanic for lack of a better term because isn't this like the, the the period where we have more visibility of uh, like family groups being concerned about pop culture entertainment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just shortly after this video, there was the um, where they started putting the labels on the records and um, about explicit lyrics or warnings, and mm, you had to yeah. be a certain age to buy certain records. So I think it was this is kind of at the beginning of that movement. Yeah, which I guess is another way of thinking about like the impact of this video is. Uh, it's kind of hyper aware of the increasing role that popular culture is playing in society. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's definitely a fun one though, and I uh, love the the wardrobe for the date. I don't know if you noticed, but she's wearing a denim jacket that has animal print on it. It's a fabulous jacket. I wish I owned this jacket. Do you know how much it would cost to get that jacket, the actual jacket? Um, probably more than I make in a year. <laughs> <laughs> probably. But she looks fabulous, and she's wearing 
tall heels walking down the road, dancing along a little bit. Amazing. And I think her heels are partly why she has that cool little like boppity bop strut as mm-hmm. opposed to the, the, the zombie choreography because it's kind of hard to do in the heels. Yeah, that would explain why she didn't join in the dance. Yeah. Well, plus we also need someone to like not be sucked into the exploits of the zombies and the wolf creatures because um, we need to have that contrast of like, here's our lone human <laughs> <laughs> who might be threatened. <laughs> Yeah, and she she does a good job. Like she puts up with the playfulness and the teasing really well, you know, from her boyfriend Michael. Um, but then she's like huddled in the house and like doing the scream queen version. Yeah, as they're trying to come into the house. So again, just classic '80s horror movie all the way through. I agree. So yeah, this one's a winner in my book. Gold standard. You tell. So speaking of upbeat, goofing off, fun horror, um, I'm going to let you tell us about your new favorite dance video, Too Much Blood by the Rolling Stones. Yes. Um, I had not seen this music video before until we had started our research for this episode, and it really is my new favorite music video. Um, So in this music video, we begin with a young woman who lives on a houseboat who is looking at life's year in pictures from 1984 and she is confronted with the real life horrors of the world around her to only turn on her tv and be confronted with violence and more horrors and horror of all horrors the music video by the rolling stones for this song too much blood that features mick jagger dancing very energetically with lots of blood splattered walls and Keith Richards wielding a chainsaw. Which Mick Jagger is able to dance his way out of. Yes, dance away from it. And while featuring a a rap from Mick that is based on a gruesome real life story about a terrible murder. Yeah, so... I I found it interesting uh, just in doing some research about this song, but in the song he talks about a Japanese man who is dating a French girl, ends up bringing her back home, kills her, puts her in the refrigerator, and eats her piece by piece. But what's really interesting is that in the the lyrics, Mick says, I had a Japanese friend who did this. So I was kind of like, huh, Mick, there's something we don't know about you. (laughs) And in the video, Mick himself plays the part of the person who has the dead woman in his refrigerator. Yes. Um, But the upbeatness of the song and the horn section and the dancing distracts you from the other horrific things happening. It's a very incongruent music video, which I think is why I love it so much, because It's extremely campy, and the dancing is just... Whereas the dancing of Thriller was very choreographed, very impressive, well-executed, this feels more uh, loose um, and maybe improvised, but it's so energetic. Like It's shockingly energetic. I am going to practice these dance moves and break them out the next time I'm out. It's so much fun. (laughs) (laughs) I would be curious to see how people respond to these dance moves. (laughs) 
in the real world. Because <laughs> the, the woman in the music video does not respond well to these. She's horrified by them. Rightfully so, maybe. <laughs> so much so that she tries to call for help. And when she does, blood comes out of the phone. She can't even call 911. There's too much blood. Yes, there is just too much blood. She's drinking a Bloody Mary, and she's repulsed by it, because apparently there's too much blood in it and not enough vodka. <laughs> or maybe there's too much vodka in it, and this whole thing is a drunken terror. <laughs> that could be it, too. That could be. But of all horrors, she can't stop watching this video. So she's trying to unplug the TV. She's trying to change the channel. Mick and his gang will not go away. She's being forced to watch this chainsaw wielding dance blood choreography video and she just can't take it anymore. And she ends up having to throw the TV out the window and that is the only way to stop this madness. It is the only way to stop this madness, but that's not the last thing we see. I think the last thing we see is a close up of Mick's face. Oh yeah. So we still can't escape him. We can't escape it. That's true. And there's like blood streak down this, he, he looks pretty scary, I will say. And on purpose, I'm sure. Yeah, no, I, I think we're supposed to be scared of him. That makes sense. But he, I don't know, he's also dodging other scary figures when he's, I think uh, Ron Wood and Keith Richards both like tag team him with chainsaws on either side. And he yes. nimbly dances away. <laughs> he does nimbly dance away. And he says, don't cut off me arm. Don't cut off me leg. It's, it's, it's very charming. It's very charming. <laughs> if you haven't seen this music video, please do yourself a favor and watch this on YouTube. Yes, it's horrific and fun and campy. And the horn section makes it all worthwhile. Yes. And I would like to think that this was intentional camp as opposed to naive camp. Like, I think they want us to see the over-the-topness of this. Yeah, yeah, and I think that in the 1980s, when this was, 1984, I think it was, this was pretty similar to a lot of the B-horror movie, you know, Nightmare on Elm Street. A lot of that campiness was just part of the genre. So I'm sure it was intentional and, and maybe even a, a parody in some ways of those films. Well, I, doesn't he, um, he meaning Mick Jagger, doesn't he mention Texas Chainsaw Massacre? Oh, yeah, he does. Uh, before he's pursued by chainsaws. <laughs> yeah, no, so he does. And he does say he prefers, you know, films more like Officer and a Gentleman. So this isn't his thing. It's not his genre. It's not his genre, but he sure has a lot of fun with it. He will dance his way out of that genre. Yes, yes, he will. We're going to wrap up our discussion of Dance Until You Die with the 1997 music video from the Backstreet Boys for their single, Everybody, which pays direct homage to Thriller with some of their uh, choreographed dance moves and uh, casts the five Backstreet Boys each in a uh, monster persona. Yeah, and it's unclear what Kevin is supposed to be. So when we really had to research it because he looks like... He's part fish. So that's what piqued my interest based on our previous podcast. I thought, huh, he's some kind of mer creature. What is this thing that he's trying to be? <laughs> Apparently he's supposed to be Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, but whoever did the makeup for this maybe wasn't as versed in that story and the aesthetics of that character. 
Yeah, and just for the record, Angie is clearly a bigger Backstreet Boys fan than me because she knows who Kevin is. <laughs> so the Backstreet Boys, we have uh, one portraying the Wolfman, one's Dracula, one's Phantom of the Opera, one's the Mummy, and uh, Kevin is uh, Jekyll or Hyde or both at the same time. He has a split face makeup situation happening. Uh, but this one's a this one's a fun music video uh, that the lyrics have nothing to do with the visuals of the song, um, and it opens up kind of cinematically with a bus driver dropping them off at what looks like a, a haunted mansion type of setup. Uh, kind of reminds me of like the the old house on haunted hill uh, setup where they're dropped off and then have to like stay overnight in these creepy quarters. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And. It also puts me in the frame of mind with Rocky Horror Picture Show. Oh, yeah. Good call with the comparison there. Yeah. And also dancing. Yes. So maybe one of the more disconcerting things is the Backstreet Boy that finds something like underneath his bed covers. Yeah. Before they all transform. So the I guess the narrative, and I use that term loosely for this video, is that the Backstreet Boys are dropped off at a haunted mansion and they uh, all go to their separate quarters or they each have a creepy dream where they become, I guess, like their favorite movie monster that goes to a fabulous dance party yeah. in this persona. And then they wake up and realize it's all a dream or was it? <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, one of the Backstreet Boys, uh, when he's trying to fall asleep, is distracted that there's something under the bed covers. And... We paused this a few different times. I think it's a rabbit, a bunny. It might be a cat, but it's unclear exactly what it is. But it's a stuffed taxidermied animal that somehow he doesn't realize is under the covers between his legs. He reaches down to what looks like between his leg area and pulls up this stuffed animal. Yeah. Have you seen the movie The Vampire Lovers? No. (laughs) It's a... uh, Hammer Studios adaptation of uh, Sheridan Le Fanu's vampire novel called Carmilla, sometimes pronounced Carmilla. And I guess the shorthand for that uh, book and movie is that it's kind of sort of inaccurately referred to as the lesbian vampire book from the 19th century. And there's a scene in both the adaptation, um, and I think in the source text, where there's like a cat under the covers um, that is... I know, there's like erotic uh, subtext to to it being under the covers, so I don't know. Like, it seems like the bunny in the bed might be somewhere within that same realm of thought. Could be, but I'm still wondering if it's not a cat. I think it's a bunny. Okay, well the jury's out, but it is some kind of. It's it's taxidermied, whatever it is. Yeah, yeah, and it definitely makes him scared. It's it's the intro to this is gonna be scary. It's a furry undead thing. Yes. And then we go to the next... Well, no, that person, the, per, the, the Backstreet Boy that finds the taxidermy animal ends up being part animal himself, right? He's the... Wait, which one has, which one has the taxidermy creature? I, I thought that was the wolfman. Oh, I thought it was the mummy. Yeah. Maybe it is the wolfman. That would make more sense. I mean, who can tell them apart? I mean, they're all the same, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. You, you clearly knew who Kevin was, so. <laughs> don't try to hide your, your love for them now. <laughs> <laughs> 
See, I don't. I thought that was the Wolfman, but maybe, maybe it is the Mummy, the, which would make sense with the taxidermy and the Mummy. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like preserved shell of a body. Yes. Yeah, maybe. So we have the Mummy. Then we have. Um, so uh, sorry, you were talking about the narr- the loose narrative of this. So they'd all went to the respective bedrooms, and and there's a nightmare that each of them are having where they're their own favorite monster, so to speak, and so. In this dream state, they have this um, feast that keeps to to be seems to be a reoccurring theme where they're at this table with this feast, and the table is covered in rats or mice. They're mice. They're mice. Okay. Either way, ew. Uh, <laughs> and they're eating the food that that the uh, mice are crawling all over. And for some reason, um, one of the women has a rather large knife that she's going to be using to eat, like a butcher style knife that she needs to be able to eat with, which is, you know, strange. But, you know, for aesthetics, horrific. Well, it works aesthetically. And if she is having to dine at this place where you might need this knife to fend off the uh, the rodents from the, the food being served, maybe it's practical. Maybe it's practical. Or maybe it's just because it's a big knife and it fits with the theme. Probably. <laughs> and it looked cool. It looked cool. So we have... Um, at the head of the table is the Phantom of the Opera. Why do you think that he gets to sit at the head of the table? I don't know. He's, is he the only um, monster persona that gets to sit at the table? They all dance. They all do dance. He might be the only Backstreet Boy at the table with a table full of, of uh, women. And yeah. mice. And mice. And mice. Which is, I don't know, I find kind of curious. It would make more sense to have Dracula at the table. Yeah, but Just he... based on, like, the story of Dracula. Like, yeah. the, shouldn't the phantom be, like, hiding in sewers? <laughs> and voyeuristically looking at opera singers? That would make more sense. But, you know, it's the Backstreet Boys. They did their own interpretation. That's true. So then we have the mummy, who's in the basement by himself part of the time coming out of his crypt and also there's some women that are there with him sometimes dancing and mummy women mummy women and the mummy asks the question am i sexy am i sexual or you know it's and so i had this question like are monsters sexy is this a are, are they, they trying to be sexy monsters is that what they're implying i i think they are i i think that um they probably should receive royalties for like the Twilight aesthetic, right? Where we're supposed to find the monsters attractive. Yeah, and I guess traditionally Dracula has been the, the sexualized yeah. monster, but they did that for all of the monsters and For this. all of them, yeah. Because this is 97, so this even... The, the most recent adaptation of The Mummy... From was it last year or two years ago now? Might have been two years ago it was now. Two years. Starring Tom Cruise uh, had a woman as the mummy who's very attractive and very sexualized. I think she's played by Sofia Batella. Um, so in that case, she is a sexual mummy. Um, so raising provocative questions in the Everybody music video. Yeah, and really twenty years earlier. Yes, and I want to point out a reoccurring theme of bats in the music videos that we've talked about. That's only because you're scared of bats, you notice it. No, I think that everyone notices it, and that's why they keep putting bats <laughs> into these videos. There's 
a bat in the Rolling Stones video that we didn't mention that flies through the cave cavernous area where Mick is performing. But also here in the Backstreet Boys, they have a whole, like... Well, the Dracula one opens up his... Yeah. Uh, There's like, like hundreds of bats yeah, that come out. And, yeah. and so bats are recurring horrific theme. I'm just saying that, throwing that out there. <laughs> it's definitely, I think, a classic marker of the genre aesthetic. Yes. Not cute. Not cute at all. <laughs> but I think in some ways it, it helps us see them within the tradition of the horror genre. Yeah. And so let's just talk for a minute about the dance the dance itself for everybody. Is it just me or do they look like they're wearing pirate style clothes during the ballroom dance? Okay, so they have two different ways that they show the ballroom dance scene. There's one where they're in their, their monster outfits, right? Mm -hmm. No, oh, no, no. I think every time they dance, they're pirates. Yes, <laughs> yes. Which is interesting because it's more of a 18th century style uh, garments that they're wearing in the dance scenes where everyone else is wearing I think what would be seen as like maybe late Victorian style which makes sense because like some of the the classic monsters that they are um, imitating come from that time period as in terms of like their literary roots uh, so it, it is a mix of time periods which may be a signaling that it's all a dream mm -hmm. yes because when they're when they're in those clothes the what you're calling the pirate clothes. They're also like a looser uh, fit, which would be more in keeping with what was fashionable in the late 90s. That's true. So it's like, a, it's a, it's very distinct from the more form-fitting suits that they're wearing, like with the Jekyll and Hyde and Phantom costumes. Right. So at the very end, they're leaving this haunted house are being picked up by their bus driver and they've had this discussion where they're like oh we all had this dream we were all monsters and it's a nightmare can't wait to get out of here and they open the door and you know how usually the the trope is oh it was all a dream in this case when they open the door we're led to believe maybe it wasn't all a dream because their bus driver is some kind of undead entity like a Frankenstein monster or some sort of creature that's picking them up. So they zombie <laughs> zombie-esque. Yeah. So um, even though they've survived this night in the haunted house and had this horrific nightmare, it seems like they're just opening the door to more drama, more horror. Right. Which is so the music video is very obviously um, playing with some of the aesthetics and ideas from Michael Jackson's thriller. And so this is a little bit of a reversal, whereas in the thriller music video, we have Michael Jackson uh, play a werewolf and play a zombie and play a human that's then hinted at the end of actually being one of the undead uh, creatures. Here we have the Backstreet Boys as humans that dream they might be monsters only to find out that their bus driver might really be the monster. So maybe their dream or what they will eventually come be turning into uh, since it implies that they're trapped this house now. Mm -hmm. Or they might be trapped on a tour bus for years with this undead creature driving them around. <laughs> yeah, the haunted house sounds way better than that possibility. <laughs> for I sure. think I'd uh, unpack my bags and stay permanently too. Yeah, 
Yeah, I mean, the nightmare wasn't that bad. No one really died. No, there was dancing. There was, da- there was no blood. Was there no blood? There was no blood. Oh, there was like wine in the goblets, right? That yeah. looked kind of blood-like, but yeah. it was a feast. Yeah, and the, the aesthetics of this video are a little bit different, and they are almost animated or animation style, very cartoonish with the spiral floor and the bright colors. Yeah. It just feels very playful and very... Um, not dark it it has dark themes but the the aesthetics themselves are not as dark as what we would see in the too much blood video or the thriller video yeah that's true the colors definitely feel saturated uh so it has the feel of being unreal um whereas i feel like the special effects in thriller were meant to be like scary and like plausible Mm -hmm. i think so too and i it's interesting because for the Backstreet Boys video, this is, you know, 97, so they would have access to more um, effects and more um, digital effects that they could have used to make it even more realistic, but they seem to go more with practical effects and almost um, cartoonish in some sense of the of the aesthetics. I wonder if that was just like a smart business move on their part, because like, who are their core fans at this point in time? probably like younger like preteen mm-hmm. girls right right I'm, right i'm thinking of mass generalization but yeah. it seems like that was probably their core audience it was probably their core audience not me much younger <laughs> girls <laughs> sure sure <laughs> but the as you mentioned the song itself has nothing to do with the music video or the narrative of the music video it's basically like Hey, we're gonna sing and we want you to dance as the the whole you know. Because they're back, all right. <laughs> so you have to rock your body. <laughs> but they ask the questions they ask are, Am I original? Which the answer is No. Am I the only one? No, there's five of them. And am I sexual? I don't know. That's a really theoretical question that they're posing. I know. And do in they... the context of this music video? Or in general? In general. That jury is out on that one. I don't think that's something we can answer today. No. That that goes beyond the realm of our expertise in the horror genre. For sure. <laughs> so um, I think that's it for today. That is it for today. We will be talking about other music videos that use the horror aesthetic in uh, future episodes. Uh, So be sure to keep listening, and thanks so much for listening today. Thank you. Thanks for listening, and join us next week for another horror discussion. And another martini. Sounds good.